Hello and welcome to episode 10 of The Manifesto. I am James Menage from Man Up and I'm joined tonight as usual by uh, by Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hello, people. Welcome. Uh, great to be here this evening. We've got a good conversation to be had, as always. Um, yes, Nick Tovey from soulcraft.com.au. Fantastic. Yeah, it's um, something Nick text me earlier on today and uh well, we might have no it was earlier on today and uh the topic that he put forwards was one that totally stumped me to be honest with you which was quite an interesting reaction you know i felt a little bit paralyzed for things to talk about and the reason for that is because tonight's topic is going to be about uh you know all of the things that we really enjoy about being a man and what men bring to the world and you know the, the gifts that we have and i think it's, it's quite it was quite a sad reaction actually that of what i had around that paralysis of thinking wow what is it that i you know really enjoy about being a man what are my gifts what you know what gifts do i bring to the world as being a man and you know i think you know uh, we're coming off the back of you know uh, a postmodern era where um, you know feminism has quite rightly sort of taken its place but certain branches of feminism have uh, have created almost quite a bit of man bashing in a sense and we've seen a few both of us have seen and Nick's posted a couple of articles recently where you know a woman has posted on Facebook and created an article around what she loves about men and what she wouldn't want to change you know around men and I've read a few articles previously as well and it's it almost sounds like a bit of an oxymoron, uh, to be honest with you. You know, when you when you look at it, and you, it takes you a little bit by surprise and a little bit off guard as well. But I remember reading a book um, a couple of years ago called *The Myth of Male Power* by a guy called Warren Farrell, who used to be a feminist, uh, but now writes about male disempowerment. And it, I remember it being the first time in my life that I'd actually stopped apologising for being a man. Uh, and realize that actually, you know, we bring a lot of great things to the world. Uh, and so this is the kind of, this is the context for tonight's conversation. Um, and, you know, we're going to look at it from lots of different sort of micro uh, and, you know, macro and meta sort of perspectives, I guess. And yeah, so let's kick the ball around, Nick, and let's leave this conversation feeling you know and leaving other men feeling uh, like leave this leaving this podcast and actually just kind of going shit you know what actually it's not such a bad thing to be a man and there's, there's plenty of things that i bring to the world uh, that are very very important there's things that women can't bring to the world as well as we can absolutely and you know gosh it like you said i mean when i i mean the the the, the this discussion sort of got generated after coming across a, a, a lovely, simple but lovely blog post that um, somebody put up and I managed to come across and it was basically just singing. It wasn't even singing the praises of men. It was just going, guys, you're good enough. You don't need to change. This is what I love about men. And it was just uh, very simple but lovely. And it really did take me aback. It was like, wow, this is a re really refreshing change. You know, we, you know, not to say that, I mean, obviously, like you've, like you've said, there is, there is a lot of male bashing that goes on and has been for, you know, the last 40, 50 years through certain fundamentalist aspects of the feminist movement. And, you know, you can see reasons for that. And, you, you know, it can, some some people will justify it you know others I, I don't think that that's necessarily the way to make great changes by you know uh oppressing one <laughs> one half of the population but anyway um that aside uh the way men are portrayed in the media the way um we you know we, we automatically often grow up with the sense of, of a, like you said, being being apologetic for being a man. Because there are certain aspects, obviously, of, of masculinity, which can be abused and can be used in an unhealthy way. But the same goes for femininity, too, which we, you know, we need to recognize that every, every, uh, every quality has its shadow. And um, 
what we're trying to achieve in today's, you know, in our work as, you know, James and Nick and the work that we do and what we're trying to achieve in the manifesto is really shine a light on uh, on the gifts of masculinity and femininity so we can start to be become aware of what those are for ourselves and how they can be expressed through this body of a man, you know. Um, but, you know, I find myself falling into that habit and into that trap of just finding the finding the faults and finding the ways in which to change rather than going you know what it's just fine the way it is you know mm-hmm. of course yeah. there's a part of that which is like of course we, you know we are we are evolving part of evolution is about change of course without change there is no evolution um, it's just called stagnation um, so of course, facing changes, looking at what aspects need to be adjusted, need to be uh, need to be sharpened, need to be changed, um, is absolutely essential. But there is definitely a place where we have, we really need to sit back and go, okay, what is it about manhood? What is it about me as an individual that I like, and what what qualities of me as a man? You know, basically, when I come down to it, I'm, there are certain things in my pants which make me a man. <laughs> <laughs> and there are certain chemicals running around my endocrine system which make me a man. You know, there's no two ways about it. I am a man. Yes, I've got many multi facets to the diamond that I am, but I am yeah. a man. And I, I think that's a great place to start, actually. You know, because when I, I was stumped, I just kind of went, oh, yeah, what is it about being a man that I really enjoy? And, you know, I, I think something that most men can relate to and a big difference between men and women and something that, you know, is is, is never going to change and is there's always going to be, we're always going to have an advantage over women in certain aspects of our body is things like strength, yeah. uh, speed, you know, agility, the ability, the ability to be able to jump high, lift heavy shit, and, you know, generally throw things around the gym, you know, and I, I mean, I can't tell you how much I'm absolutely loving my, you know, my training at the moment, and my physical training, um, and I, I just love being able to move my body in that way, and not only to you know, for narcissistic and egocentric reasons, but also also for, you know, ethnocentric, world-centric reasons as well, you know, of being, you know, in service in the world for my physical strength, um, you know, and playing sport, uh, you know, helping my partner move in with me this Thursday. You know, I've, uh, I've resembled more of a pack horse recently than, uh, you know, than a, than a coach. Uh, because I've just been lifting heavy shit up and downstairs. It turns her on to you know to watch me lift heavy shit, and I love it. I get a real kick out of it, and it's in service you know to her. It's in service of you know us and this you know the the polarity between us, and uh, you know sport, being able to run quickly and jump high, and you know just do all that kind of man boy stuff where we can just get down and dirty, and we want to get dirty, and we want to get you know, stuck into physical work. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the, <laughs> as a, as a man in the, you know, as a, of the house, man of the house, you know, I've got the kids and had the wife and um, there are certain things that I'm useful for, <laughs> you know, as the man. Um, there are, you know, there are, let's say, you know, taking a jar off, a jar, a, the lid off a jar that's tight simple as that it's like you know no one else can get it easy you know that's a nice thing i enjoy the fact that i'm strong you know um and uh you know i'm even now as the words are coming out of my mouth i'm catching myself almost apologizing for that Mm. you know what i mean and i think as as we go through this discussion, I think we really need to be aware of, like, I was almost going to qualify that with, of course, my strength can be abused. Of course mm. it can. But let's mm. not go there. No. This is just about recognizing the gifts, recognizing the gold, and, yeah. and, the, and the ways in which we're proud to be 
blessed with the gender of manhood. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, my strength is absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you. You know, that is a, a beautiful part of being a man. The fact that I can lift heavy stuff. You know, the fact that I can, you know, today I did a massive workout in the field near, uh, and um, you know, I'm doing 20 burpees. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm sweating and I'm grunting and I'm, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just made it a bit harder by doing tuck jumps with my burpees as well, you know. It's like, love it, love it. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's you know it's I, I, I love that, and you know you mentioned the chemicals that are running around our bloodstream that you know, and I, I think you know, and here, yep, there goes the apologising part of, of the sort of dark shadow. But I fucking love my sex drive. I fucking love it. It makes me feel alive, uh, and you know it enables me to kind of you know it enables me to really appreciate women, you know, and. I really enjoy having sex, and it, you know, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine life without Just having. What you said like, there that last sentence because it went a bit roboty. Oh, did it? I, I love having sex. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's something that, you know, I couldn't imagine my life without sex, and you know, it's it's certainly uh, it gets questioned by lots of parts of the feminist movement, you know, and it's uh, it's destructive and da da da. But I, you know, I, I I really really enjoy having a healthy sex drive. Uh, that's another great part for me of you know of having a penis over a vagina. I think our sex drive is is generally higher than women. Uh, not in all cases, uh, but generally speaking, um, I think it is, and you know that's one of the great benefits of you know having a having a penis and also having no boobs, so we can run fast as well. There's another great benefit of being a man, so we can actually go out and do our hunting and do our sprinting and our stalking and our crawling, and you know we don't have all right, we have a flappy thing between our legs, but you know once that's strapped away we can you know we can we can sort of run with the best of them and uh that's, uh, that's a, a genius of um evolution as well isn't it the most the most uh treasured part of our body is also the most sensitive <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah running through the undergrowth you know 20,000 years ago it probably had its uh, had its issues of getting <laughs> things i'm sure but generally generally it's you know, I love, you know, physically I love penetrating, you know, you know, women and but I also, you know, I, I really enjoy penetrating in other ways as well. So and that's another great a great part of being a man is that ability to be able to really penetrate things in life, you know, through direction and yeah. um and you know, focus and you know uh, being logical and rational and all those other kind of things that, you know, it comes from, from being a man as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the the big thing, like the because I posed this question on my Facebook page, what is it to all the men that uh, what is it about manhood that you love? And I posted it in a couple of different forums, and surprisingly didn't get a great response. It was um, quite upsetting to be honest. I thought you know I would have particularly in these these groups, these were men's groups, these were areas where men are you know focusing on themselves. Uh, and the, the the response I got was, yeah, surprisingly poor. And I think maybe it was just men that were challenged the way we were, you know, and couldn't really dig deep and find those words. Uh, but for me, the thing that came up strongly in the fact that uh, you know, I loved, I love that I can fix shit. <laughs> I can mend stuff. You know, if something breaks. I can work out how to fix it, you know. And let's say, for instance, there's uh, something around the house that needs fixing, needs mending, needs uh, improving, some sort of renovation um, job. I know that I can look at that problem and creatively work out a solution to it. And and you know, 90% of the time, it's a, it's a, it works out. I love that that and that's a that's definitely a part of masculinity, a part of manhood, which uh, 
I, I have very strong in me, you know. It's been a, it's been a skill that I've obviously, and I come from an engineering background, so I've got a, a fairly, uh, you know, astute sort of problem-solving skill there. But I was never a very good engineer. <laughs> um, but for instance, as a, as a, a fabulous example, and it pulls on some of the example that you used as well, is um, when I. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was uh, I helped uh, a friend uh, of mine, a, a female friend of mine, renovate her garden. Land, did the whole landscaping. You know, I built uh, retaining walls. I moved a dry stone wall. I created a deck with a, with a sunken spa in there. I'd never done any of this before in my life. I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, but I just looked at the blank canvas. I thought, okay, you know, obviously with a bit of discussion with her and worked out how I could do it. Made a few sketches, did a little bit of research on the internet, made an absolutely fabulous garden out of a pile of, you know, weeds. Um, the amount of satisfaction I got out of that was probably the most satisfaction I've got out of anything. You know, it, it was absolutely fabulous, and it was hard work. It was dirty, I was sweating, and it definitely required my strength. It required all manner of uh, of masculine skill. Yeah. And to see the final product was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah, no, I must admit that's never been one of my strong suits. Actually, fixing fixing stuff. I don't know why. Like my dad's always been pretty good at that stuff. You know, around the house DIY jobs. You know, fixing a plug if it went faulty, or you know, I think I think at the moment it's, this is going to be an interesting challenge, and I'm just going to do it for the hell of it. My parents have just left. Uh, they've been staying with me for three weeks, and um, we've got a bit of a blockage in our sink uh, in the in the bathroom. And uh, you know, my dad my dad let my let my partner know that there's a blockage in the sink, but it it should be pretty easy to fix. So now my partner's come to me and told me the same thing, and now I'm just there, just kind of going, oh shit. Uh, but I, you know, I, I'm going to give it a go, and I can kind of I get a sense of how I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I'm just going to give it a crack, you know, and, it, you know, I'm just going to, you know, there's quite a bit of fear around it for if I get it wrong and if I feel quite emasculated, if I can't do it, I'm going to have to call a plumber in to kind of come and do it. And he'll be done in about 30 seconds. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, so I'll, yeah, but I, 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 I totally feel into that. And it's, but I, you know, it's an area that I have felt quite emasculated in uh, yeah. a number of times throughout my life is not being able to fix stuff. You know, if there's kind of a, you know, like a, a, a uh, quite a you know like a rudimentary uh, or elementary fault with the car uh, you know and sort of lifting the lifting the bonnet up and just kind of going oh yeah I should be able to fix this but you know just kind of tinkering with something that I've got no idea about so you know that's certainly an area for me that I've felt emasculated in uh, before is that kind of you know is that is that fixing it and I've you know I've generally tend to tended to shy away from that it's certainly not a strong suit for me but something that you know, I can see how important it is, and you know, I've, I read an article today, a very interesting article, which was backed up by a lot of interesting scientific research as well, studies around um, household chores, yeah. and when when men take on, you know, classically what's seen as female uh, chores around the house, like you know, ironing or washing or cooking, that the woman over time uh, ceases to kind of, you know, be uh, you know, sexually attracted to her partner, or becomes less sexually attracted uh, to to her partner, uh, which I thought was quite interesting. Around, you know, kind of ties in quite nicely with uh, with our chat where we've just been talking about around, you know, men being able to do male, you know, classically male chores around the house. Yeah. So. You know, if you want to try and create that sexual polarity, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do the cleaning and the cooking and that kind of stuff, but you know, if you want to ravish your woman that night and you want her to be up for a bit of jiggy in the old sack, then you know, you might want to be taking out the rubbish, uh, and you might want to be, you know, fixing the light that hasn't been working for the last seven or eight I'm weeks. Unblocking the sink. Unblocking the sink. <laughs> <laughs> 
all that delightful pubic hair that's going to be in there or whatever else and toenail clippings uh, so anyway i'm going to have to get my uh, have to get my uh, my hands dirty at some stage but something that came to me while you were speaking as well uh, was and, and this is quite a classic one because you know there all the time men are bashed for being emotionally constipated uh, and not being in touch with their emotions and those kinds of things but listen, sometimes it's not appropriate to be emotional. And sometimes you actually have to be more rational in a certain in certain scenarios where it's just totally not going to be uh, appropriate for you to break down in tears or to get angry or to, you know, uh, you know, or to show your shame or whatever it might be. So sometimes, and this sounds like a total oxymoron because we are generally teaching men how to get in touch with their emotions because they do carry very potent messages for how we can show up more skillfully in the world but sometimes you know sometimes it pays to be a little bit more rational and sometimes it's a prey you know it pays to you know to work a little bit more with that side of our uh, you know sort of internal subjective uh, system so uh, so yeah i thought that was quite an interesting take uh, and takes us in the opposite direction to what we're being taught as men right. again it, and like you said it comes down to just recognizing the skill for what it is and and the gift that it is and and being able to you know if you can use that at the appropriate time and also fall into and and feel and explore and experience emotion at the appropriate time um that's i mean that's what we're trying to aim for isn't it you know it's not about we're not trying to create men that just you know sit in the bath and put candles on and cry in their bath you know <laughs> i don't think that's very sexy um, but uh, as an an example that came to mind when when you were talking there is um a, a situation very much like that where it was when my my eldest daughter she was just a baby and um she stopped breathing and passed out basically um, we found out later that this was quite a common thing and they're actually doing it on purpose. Um, <laughs> just to, I don't, I don't know, anyway, that was what we were told. Um, so it was a, a bit of a sort of tantrum sort of experience that she was going through and held a breath until she actually passed out. My, uh, my ex-father-in-law was holding her at the time. He lost his shit. He thought he'd killed her. Uh, my wife at the time she'd lost her shit she obviously was a, a mess and in, in a massive panic mode um my mother-in-law was obviously panicking so i was the only one it was up to me in that moment to keep my shit together get in the car get everybody in the car get the uh, my daughter safe and get to the hospital and you know through red lights i was woof, woof, and i was you know, I, I knew exactly what I was doing. I was totally 100% in control, totally running on uh, absolute acute awareness and consciousness. I knew what was going on. I was talking to people in the back seat as I was driving. I was um, knew what every car was on the road. I knew we were safe. I got to the hospital. We got into the hospital. <clears throat> We got a scene too. She was fine. We got home. Then I lost my shit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then everything settled down and I'm a bubbling mess because I was allowed to, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was like in the thick of the moment, I'm, and I feel that that's a very masculine uh, quality is when shit needs to be done, mm -hmm then you can put aside all of the other stuff and boom yeah yeah and that's yeah and that was that was pretty visceral for me actually nick listening to that story um you know that's uh, pretty full on and i can see quite you know how easy it would have been to completely you know lose it uh, in that situation and you know become and you know go into our limbic system in our brain and not we become very reactive yeah, uh, and not very proactive when we when we re, you know when we regress to that part of the brain. Um, it, it's very important that we do go into that part of the brain, but only you know 
with you know conscious awareness you know once we are sort of experiencing those deep emotions so we don't play out on our reactive conditioning um, you know with anger or rage or you know jealousy or whatever it might be um, and again you know that comes I mean we, me and you have both been in the armed forces and it's quite an interesting argument isn't it around you know should women be allowed on the front line um, because you know being emotional and being in your limbic system is more associated with being you know female and you know is that really something that's going to be appropriate for you know the front line when you know someone goes down next to you you know your best friend your buddy uh, you know what do you need in that situation and it's it's generally a more masculine move of that you know rational strategizing you know being logical and being in your prefrontal cortex you know that that great part of our brain that's evolved or that we have evolved with from when we were mammals and you know prior to that before when we were reptiles so you know I, th I think to completely get rid of well not that we're saying you know you should do but I know that it's often very you know looked down upon you know in, in that in those man bashing circles around you know that we're you know that we are too rational and that we are too which is probably quite true but, we, we can but, totally be that <laughs> but we need to you know but are we apologizing for anything here <laughs> yeah i was about to say yes i know we need to be more emotional but yeah yeah let's you know and sometimes being you know being logical being in our brain and not being emotional is fucking amazing it saves lives it is. Uh, and it uh, and it you know it, it has the ability to get get stuff done yeah, absolutely. And you know, coming back to, to 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 what you mentioned there about you know the argument of um, allowing women on the front line and that sort in in those sorts of male predominant uh, activities within the military and within different sorts of, uh, of of professions like mining and such you know very dangerous traditionally very male oriented professions. Um, I think. You know, we are talking about skills of manhood, and I think any like any skill, it can be learnt. Um, and just because it's a woman on the front line, I think she she could, with the right training, with the right obviously with a uh, some aspect of her her nature um, being being accounted for, she she could learn that. I would say I would say yes to the um, to the fact that she could you know be more rational, logical, not get caught in her emotions. But I have not met. I, I I'm sorry, I haven't met a woman yet that could pass the physical test that I passed to become a, a paratrooper in the British forces. So then we're talking about something different. We're talking about phys yeah. physical ability, isn't it? You know, and obviously that's a different argument altogether. Yeah. Um, and to t and to, t to tell the truth, like I, I you know. Maybe it's just not, you know, it's not a place for women. And I, I wouldn't want to see a woman on the front line because it, it, it's not a natural part of their gift, you know, to the world. It's not a natural part of ours either. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we've been we've been fighting for, you know, fighting for centuries, you know, and it's been, you know, it's it's enabled us to to evolve and evolve very healthy, strong genes, you know, and the ones that were weak got wiped out. It sounds very. Um, you know, quite barbaric in a sense, but you know, I think it's it's taken us to where we are today and allowed us. Oh, of course, you know, of course. You know, and is it well? You know, this is a good question, isn't it? Is that part of? Is that a natural part of uh, of masculinity of being a man? You know, aggression and uh, and violence. You know, we talked about violence the other week, and I think there is an aspect of it, an element of it, was absolutely natural. Mm. Um, of course, and this is where it comes down to. Actually, I've been I've been sort of working with this a little bit in my work with the men in my men's group. Is the the idea of the warrior, the warrior energy, uh, and when I when you look at the uh, the the archetype of warrior, uh, the warrior is all about you know being in service, um, fighting for the cause. Uh, it's about being aware of one's limitations, facing death, and therefore through through his relationship with death, living life to the full. Um, it's about being very, very skillful 
around his emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at you know the warriors in 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 society, in uh, I mean, uh, what comes to mind for me is you know the martial artists, you know the samurai, uh, the Shaolin monks. You know they are absolute uh, pure. Um, pure examples of that warriorship that you know they are they could they could kill you in a second but they don't need to you know what i mean um they could they they are so skilled in their in their use of their body they're so skilled in the use of their mind and in their and also and their energy um but they're one of the the most important things is that they are skilled in their management and their mastery of their emotional self. You know, they, they know their fear. They're very friendly with their fear. They don't deny their fear, but they, they have mastered it, you know. So they'll, they'll enter, enter the field of battle if necessary, but they'll, they'll only at the last resort. And this is the difference between the, uh, and the confusion between the soldier and the warrior. The soldier follows. He does as he's told. He goes out and puts his life on the line for someone else's cause. <laughs> the warrior makes his own decisions. And yes, he's serving the greater cause, but he won't go out of his way to fight that battle if it's if it's the wrong thing to do. You know what I mean? So there's a there's an element of the warrior which I think is a is a beautiful energy. I think it, that that warrior energy is is most definitely a natural part of being a man. I'm, I'm, I relate to it very strongly. Always have done, you know. From the, God, I, I remember as a little kid, you know, my dream was to, to, to be in the army. And I had no idea why, but I just knew that there was something about that, uh, that culture, that camaraderie, that, that power, that... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, that just being able to fight for the cause, you know, um, was something that always attracted me as a, as a young fella, you know. And then once I, you know, I mean, then I, I changed it to the Navy when I was about 12 because I got into scuba diving. And, um, yeah, once I got there, I realized it wasn't warriorship at all. It was, It was just this, yeah, the soldier mentality, which is all about, creating robots mm. who don't think for themselves <laughs> yeah which i mean which can be very useful as well in a sense of, oh, it's you know, useful for who <laughs> well yeah for, for a culture it's useful for a culture you know potentially and look at world war Two. you know if if young boys wouldn't have you know become become robots in a sense uh you know then then where would we be with our you know with our freedom today um you know so i think at certain stages of development you know that warrior warrior energy takes on different different aspects and you know as you move up in complexity and evolution then sure it takes on more of a you know more of a more, more of a world centric rather than an ethno ethnocentric cause so that's you know but i think for me a big thing that came up i think we kind of touched on it but didn't use the didn't use the same words was you know something that warriors do is all around protection you know as well which um you know and you know, it could be, you know, 20, 30,000 years ago, protection looked like, you know, the men protecting, you know, the tribe, uh, protecting the women, protecting the children, you know, protecting the, uh, the territory, um, you know, which was extremely useful in order to, for the, you know, for the tribe to survive and in, in, in order for them to be able to pass on their gene pool, you know, to the next generation and the next generation after that. So, but what that might look like in today's warrior is is, is more around protection of you know uh, you know well I mean it could be a number of things but a big thing that comes to mind for me is boundaries uh, you know boundaries for self boundaries for others boundaries for you know our culture and you know a big part of the warrior archetype uh, around boundaries is uh, is anger and the and the message that anger brings to us when it arises in us. Is around generally that you know you have to look at restoring your sense of self, you know, or there's been a boundary that's been violated, and you know this stuff is incredibly important. Um, and this is, I think, one of the issues with 
that more postmodern stage of development uh, of, 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 of being, you know, uh, of, uh, you know, being a man in this sort of more postmodern era is sometimes that in, in apologizing, you know, for being a man um, and, you know, that underlying resentment towards the patriarchy that creates this kind of quite submissive man almost in a sense is that we don't have boundaries and that we let people really trounce our boundaries in a big way which for me on an individual level like in my in my uh, previous marriage uh, you know just wasn't very helpful and you know it led to it was a part of what led to the implosion of the marriage was you know someone trouncing over my boundaries me not really calling it and sort of reinstating those boundaries you know, with that warrior type energy, you know, but with a lot of heart there as well. It doesn't have to be done in a, you know, in a, in a hostile or aggressive way. And, you know, so, so that's a, a hugely important part of, you know, of what, of what men, you know, not all men, but what men can bring to the table is that real stake in the ground, that real, no, you, you know, and I'm getting this image now of Gandalf in, uh, in Lord of the Rings going, you shall not pass. You shall not pass, you know, and that's that real, you know, bang, you know, protection and at all costs, you know, and if that means me losing my life, uh, then that, that shall happen. And, you know, I know that Warren Farrell talks as well about that we are the unpaid bodyguard, that whenever we go out on the street with our, you know, with our woman or our children, that we are expected to, you know, create that protection uh, you know, for our women and children. We are expected to put our, our life on the line and that's, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that a lot of the time, but you know, it's, uh, it's, 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 what, it's what we can do as men, protect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, yeah, coming down to, yeah, that, that is that archetype of the warrior, is, is that uh, the element of protection um, and also fighting for justice. Mm -hmm. Fighting for justice, uh, if justice, you know, like the, the whole idea of you know, the boundaries that you were describing there, it's about when those boundaries have been crossed, there's been an injustice. Someone is taking the piss. Someone is doing something which they shouldn't be doing. You know, and it's the warrior archetype that stands up to, to justice, whether it's justice within the family, whether it's justice within the community, whether it's just justice in the world, you know. And I think... It's the warrior archetype that we can we can call on in in times where well times like today where where you know shit is falling around our feet in the world you know it's the warrior archetype that really needs to be embodied and really perfected and sharpened and and really embraced to stand up to the massive injustices that are being done in the world that everyone is so passively. Uh, ignoring. <laughs> yeah, protection of the rainforests, protection of endangered species, yeah. protection of you know our families when that needs to happen. If someone breaks into the house, yeah. You know, I mean, this can take on you know protection of personal boundaries. Yeah. This spans you know right the way from our very egocentric um, you know needs all the way up to you know world and cosmocentric you know for all sentient beings boundaries. Absolutely. For, Absolutely. Boundaries for things in the world that 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 might not have the you know, capacity to create boundaries for themselves. Themselves, the animals, you know. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, coming back down to the, you know, the, the pure basics around family, you know, it is our role to protect, uh, protect the family. It is mm -hmm. our role to um, protect the feminine um, in all of her forms, you know. It's, it is up to me as a man to... Uh, to protect a woman, to protect the justice of women, to, to protect the dignity of, of women, um, to protect the children, to protect the Mother Earth, you know, it's, it's totally our role. And we need to embrace that. And I think there's a part of us which is... Um, no, I'm, I was about to go into uh, bad-mouthing the, the men then. Oof. No, just just uh, highlighting some deficiencies that we've we've acquired over the over the time. But that warrior energy, I love, absolutely love, and it's something I've sort of made friends with over the last few years in my life. Because um, as I've talked about in other 
previous podcasts of my my sort of initiation into this work was uh, through through violence, through uh, being the victim of a of a an assault which nearly took my life, you know. Um, and as a result of that, I totally and utterly denied uh, my own my own internal warrior, my own masculine aggression, my own masculinity in a lot of ways, you know aspects of my of, of myself as a man which were powerful which was in and and though that power actually scared me for for some time still does sometimes but i i've mastered it enough now to be really comfortable with it to the point where i actually love it it's a it's a beautiful thing and you know what else women love it too you know you look at look at the the stereotypical sort of professions that um that women swoon over a friend of mine actually this morning she uh texted me and said um they had been evacuated from a building because uh, they had a gas leak and all these hunky firemen you know firemen's the epitome of the hero isn't he he's the epitome of the you know he's not going out fighting people but he's going out fighting fires protecting the community and preserving life preserving life and he's dirty and he's healthy and he's got his uh you know he's got his uniform on with his reflective stripes and um women love the uniform of course you know obviously generalizing but it you know those uh stereotypes don't exist for no reason well, you're very, very right there, and you know I think if we, if we look at, you know, I mean 9/11 for example, I mean that was that was just you know policemen, you know firemen, and you know I'm, I'm not saying there weren't any women as well, but you know that while most people were running in the opposite direction, there were you know there were dozens, hundreds, you know I don't know how many, but you know of of men risking risking their own lives to preserve and protect, you know, other lives and, you know, institutions and buildings or, you know, whatever it might have been that they were, you know, trying to trying to protect. And, you know, I think that's a brings us on to another point. It kind of goes back a little bit to the kind of fixing side of things. But, you know, th- through through men inventing stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. we've been able to really fully you know evolve in so many different aspects of our life you know and we've really freed women you know from their roles as you know of being in the kitchen you know through things like you know inventing the washing machine uh you know tinned food uh you know or whatever it might be that men have been at the men have been at the you know the, the helm of all of these inventions that have really helped us move on you know as a as a species you know political systems we've created um, you know, corporations, as much as they do, obviously, all have their shadow elements. They've, you know, also brought a lot of positive, you know, growth and uh, evolution to the world as well. And it's really enabled us to evolve in culture. A lot of these inventions as well, and you know, really brought women to the table in um, a, a lot of aspects of life. And you know, most of the best spiritual teachers in the world have been men. Uh, you know, most of the greatest artists in the world have been men. Uh, you know, I mean, there's there's so much that we could talk about, you know, with regards to, you know, great men that have lived, you know, Gandhi, you know, all of these, you know, all of these game changers have, you know, or, or a lot of them have been have been men because they've been willing to put their balls on the line and, you know, really embodied this warrior energy and have helped, you know, like single men, you know, Gandhi, for example, through peace and through, you know, Nelson Mandela is another um, have really embodied both heart and spine yep. uh, in order and have, have shifted cultures, you know, massive countries, you know, out of very oppressive regimes. And uh, so, again, you know, I think just, you know, we should really celebrate, celebrate, you know, celebrate men. And I'm getting, you know, tingles up the spine as I'm talking about this. And it's really shining the light on how great that we can be, you know, if we're mature and evolved. Martin Luther King is always one that springs to mind for me, you know, a man that was just, he was the the epitome of the warrior, you know. He he was non-violent and, you know, preached non-violence, but he was an angry, angry man, and rightfully so. He was, 
you know, the leader of a of a movement, and you know that movement wouldn't wouldn't have occurred without a bloody good heap of anger. Mm-hmm. You know that change would not have happened um, to 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 bring you know massive massive cultural change to to the lives of um, well to all of life in America, but you know particularly the lives of of African Americans in that time, um, without a whole society being utterly, utterly, utterly pissed off and angry and have just had enough um, and willing to put their lives on the line. Literally, he did. That's exactly what happened. And he was only, obviously, he was one major spokesperson, but how many people died for that movement? How many people put their lives on the line for that movement? And what amazing change came from it. Yes, there's still a long way to go in America, but um, they've you know, got all sorts of different issues over there. But um, that's, that, for me, is an example of, of, uh, of the energy and, the, and the, where you combine the power of the warrior with the heart of the lover. You know? And I think that is where we need to, as men and women... But as men, particularly because we have such strength uh, in the warrior, but also we've we've denied it so much because we've been told it's a bad thing, you know, to be aggressive, to be angry, to be uh, powerful. Uh, if we can reignite that fire that stirs at the at the depth of our belly, um, and then transmute it through the heart. That's when real magic and real change can occur, and I think, yeah, um, yeah that fires me up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally agree. And I mean, another another word or another trait that um, I think we've cut off from as well as men is, is is competitiveness and how how amazing that trait is as well, and how that's kind of really been or being stamped out in this postmodern era. You know, from as young as I don't know. You know, boys at school, you know, where they don't score sports matches anymore up until they're 14. Um, and, you know, a lot of great, great traits are being, you know, taken away and, uh, you know, being called negative. Um, and, you know, things that, you know, I mean, competitiveness is also a part of having that warrior, you know, energy. It helps evolution, you know, and trying to vie for the most beautiful woman on the side of the touchline, you know, helps men achieve amazing things, you know, in life. And that's where most of our evolution, you know, has, has, has been sparked from, is, is men trying to better themselves, trying to impress, you know, trying to impress the feminine, trying to impress, uh, you know, the most beautiful woman. And, you know... And it happens at in all, all areas of nature. You look at... Uh, you know, look at the amazing displays that um, you know the bird kingdom, the males of the bird kingdom put on to impress yeah. the girls. You know, amazing. You know, like that's not in our nature. Of course it is. Yeah, and I think you know, twenty thousand years ago, you're like yes, you know, going around and killing your neighbour probably was you know a healthy form of masculinity. But now you know, now that we find ourselves, you know, moving into this more of an integrated age, you know, and I think that is the key word, you know, that's really what men now have to embody in order to bring their greatest gifts to the world is, you know, is, is, is both, you know, uh, the masculine and the feminine, like you mentioned, uh, you know, bring in the, the hara and that real stake in the ground and the warrior energy along with shitloads of heart as well. Absolutely. And you know, once you open the heart, you know, that will then transpire into, you know, your your boundary setting and your warrior energy being sort of, you know, more of an egocentric, ethnocentric stage. In, and it will blossom and evolve into more of a, you know, world-centric and cosmocentric cause, uh, you know, which is really what the world needs right now. It doesn't need, it doesn't need more. It, 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 it needs it all. It needs the whole spectrum. It needs the egocentric, the ethnocentric, the world, and the cosmocentric. Because but if we're if we're on the leading edge, you know, if it's the it's the people on the leading edge that are going to make the most change, isn't it? You know, and bring the others along for the ride. It and, is. And you know that's what that's has to be where we're aiming. Mm. Otherwise, 
what's the point? You know, I mean, we can't surpass previous levels of, of development. We can't skip them. Um, but, uh, you know, it has, it, it is, it all comes down to here. And when, when you were talking about competition, it came, obviously it's about, it's about healthy competition. And that, the only, the difference between unhealthy competition and healthy competition is just my own sense of self identity. <laughs> you know, if, if I'm totally and utterly uh, invested in winning and my belief in myself is dependent on me winning, whatever the competition is, um, then that's an unhealthy competitive spirit. If I can push myself to the max and put my best foot forward and you know be very competitive and I lose and I go, Ah, oh, shit, better luck next time and shake the guy's hand who won. Mm. That's a healthy competitive spirit. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, something that in my own, my own experience is something that I've really let go of, um, you know, is competitiveness, you know, and much to my detriment. You know, I go out onto the pitch and I'd rather, I'd rather play well and lose. Uh, than play badly and win, um, you know. So for you know, it's really taken away from from my ability to get stuff done on the pitch and to help my team, you know, to to victory. Um, and I I turn up sometimes, you know. Sometimes I can really feel it, like if we're playing a top team, uh, you know, and it's you know, like we're first and they're second, for example. And I can you know, I can really then feel my competitive streak coming back in. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's there's a very fine line for me with it where it can quite easily boil over, yeah. you know, to unhealthy competitiveness and where it boils over into aggression and hostility, you know, towards either your own teammates or, um, you know, the, the opposition. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very, very fine line that we tread when it comes to a lot of our masculine traits, you know, between what is healthy and what's yeah. unhealthy. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's bags of practices that will help you, uh, you know, overcome that and for me one of them was re-owning my anger in, yeah. in, in, in healthy ways uh, and it stopped me you know it stops uh, my anger boiling over to you know boiling over into aggression and hostility yeah. on the football pitch so you know emotional intelligence training meditation you know where it gives you the ab ability to be able to sort of see objects in your awareness yeah. um, not not to get taken away by the emotion you know to, to be exactly. be with the emotion but not have it in driving the bus, you know. Yeah, um, so true. So, so any any wrap up statements or just something came to mind. Then uh, another aspect of uh, of the masculine which I've um, been aware of is is debate. Mm. Is how two men or a group of men can debate, and how it can get heated, and then it's it's perfectly okay. There doesn't have to be a conclusion uh, that occurs. There doesn't have to be. Um, I used to have this with my old father-in-law, and you know that was a very female-dominated household. You know, he was one man and a wife and uh, four daughters. Um, so he, you know, he'd had it beaten out of him pretty much by that time. Um, but we used to engage in some good, healthy, uh, healthy debate. You know about all sorts of things, usually about spirituality. Um, some very good, interesting, opposing ideas there, um, and it made the women really uncomfortable. They didn't like it at all. They were thought we were gonna, you know, it was gonna turn into fisticuffs, or um, and it made them really uncomfortable to the point where they'd try and stop it. And we're like, ah, this is blokes having a good debate. It's perfectly okay. We're fine. <laughs> Leave us alone. Yeah, well, that's what our current political system is made up out of. It's just a shame that you know it's it's our political system is inhabited predominantly by immature men. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, otherwise, some seriously good shit could get debated and you know and and, and done in the world. Yeah, that's just a farce, anyway, isn't it? That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think um, it's been a you know it's God. Here we are, fifty-five minutes down, and that's been a good conversation. I really feel um, that we've done a good job of celebrating some of the gifts of manhood. And I think that is a conversation that needs to continue. 
um, for us, for me as an individual, I'm sure for yourself and and for for the guys out there and for the women to really look at what it is about men, the men in their life, the uh, what it is about you know the men in in the world that they love that they admire that they can see and and celebrate you know it it's such a shame that it's not done as often as it could be yeah i think that's that's what it's going to take you know we both talk about you know the genders joining together and we don't need another you know like a, a men's movement or a women's movement uh, and I think, in you know, a great first step for that to happen, Nick, is you know, is is, is both sexes appreciating, you know, what 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 can bring to it, because um, it would certainly open up a lot of a lot of love, you know, between the sexes, and would start to heal a lot of the pain that we've, you know, created for each other in the past. So, so absolutely, um, I think it's a conversation that you know that has started, and we've you know we've continued, and it's something that men I think really need to embody. And something that men really need to believe themselves. Yeah. And you know, once we start believing it and embodying, you know, our own gratitude for our own gender, then you know, I think other people will, you know, women, children, uh, you know, and all sentient beings will hopefully start to, you know, feel it as well. You know, but and I think it's something that we can do, so we don't take that victim stance. Is certainly to sort of step more into the creator, and just kind of go, yeah, fuck it. It's fucking good being a man. It is. And also, you know, we can all make a difference by just really not accepting the male or the female bashing, you know? Not accepting sexism and in any of its forms. And, you know, that comes down to how men and women are objectified in, in the media and in advertising and in porn and um, all of those things, you know, we can all play a part in that and recognize, as we have tonight, just in the conversation we have, how easy it is to fall into apologizing for being a man, you know, mm. to pick ourselves up for that and go, no, that is who I am, <laughs> and I'm proud of it. Absolutely, proud of it. Yeah. Right, then, let's, uh, let's wrap up. Um... So, yeah, if any of you guys out there want to come and celebrate in being a man and being taught how to integrate yourself, um, you know, to start to make a, you know, a change in your life and in the world, uh, then either myself or Nick are available for, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, men's groups, workshops, and alike. Uh, you can reach me at manupproject.com.au, and all of my services are listed on my website. Uh -huh. And uh, for me, it's soulcraft.com.au, S-O-U-L-C-R-A-F-T, the craft of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's carry on that conversation. Let's really embody it, and uh, we, hope to, uh, we hope you join us next time uh, for another conversation, and uh, let's keep that one rolling forward. It's a very, very important one to, uh, to keep having. Thank you, James. It's been great. Ciao from, uh, from us tonight. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.